Welcome to the TechMap Podcast with me, Andy Bargery. In today's show, we're looking at the business of freelancing, and we're looking at freelancing from the perspective of an agency or an in-house marketeer hiring freelance talent, and also from a freelancer point of view as to how best to run and grow your businesses. The conversation is with Ed Goodman, who has founded the Freelance Heroes community and events in the UK. I hope you get some value out of it. Uh, As usual, if you like what you hear, please leave us a comment or a like or a share. All of those will be gratefully received. But in the meantime, let's get on with the show. Ed, good morning. Welcome to the TechMap podcast. Thank you very much for having me, Andy. How are you today? (laughs) Very well, actually. I'm very well. It's a Unusually very cold spring day today, um, but uh, no, I'm 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 great, and I'm really looking forward to, to to this conversation this morning. Excellent, excellent, good. Well, it's it's, it's great to start a very English conversation discussing the weather there. I think that's, <laughs> you know the fundamentals of being English makes a change from some of the other political the other topics of conversation that dominating our time at the moment. Let's not go there. I'd rather talk about the weather or actually what I'd rather talk about. And the reason for getting you onto the podcast is to explore the wonderful world of freelance heroes. Uh, so to, I guess to set the context, why don't you introduce who you are and what you're up to and, and, and why I probably have singled you out as someone who's somewhat of an expert on the world of freelancing. <laughs> so, uh, well, my name is uh, Ed Goodman. I am um, a freelance uh, digital marketing trainer. Um, and I also uh, run a community online called Freelance Heroes, which is a group for UK freelancers, um, of which there are in excess of 6,000 in the community at the moment, uh, to come and seek uh, support and empathy from their peers without the fear of judgment or criticism of the decisions they've made. So the only people who are allowed in this community are UK freelancers, not people who sell services into the freelance industry, but only freelancers. And the reason just for only having UK based is because this is um, it's, it's far easier to understand and therefore have empathy for a freelancer if you can understand their work and environment, their taxation responsibilities, their cultural environment. And uh, I've kept that. As, as much as we can by the, having a UK only group, but uh, for the future. Um, that's, the, that's good. No, and that's it really. And, and the group is um, approaching its third birthday. Uh, we're in excess of 6,000 members, as I say, and currently growing at about 300 members a month. Perfect. Okay. So, from my point of view, uh, I've been a freelancer i have hired many freelancers over the years to work with me on projects from seo to web design pr photography you name it you can always find a freelancer that's doing something that you need or can solve a challenge that you have and i think that we have a very vibrant freelance community in the uk as is evidenced by the fact that you've got a community of six thousand on your freelance heroes uh, facebook group and it is a vibrant community because I'm a member of it and it's a fantastic place if you're looking for help and advice. But what what I guess I really want to explore today is what does that world look like and how can uh, you as an agency or a marketeer 
get the best out of that freelance community of talent, that talent pool there, if you're looking to solve challenges. But I guess it would be useful to kick off by just, you know, can we define what a freelancer actually is and whether there's a typical kind of freelancer? Um, or oh, typical type of freelancer is going to be a, a bit more challenging. So freelancer, I, I think, and this conversation does come up from time and uh, time, time, and I think the general consensus is that a freelancer is someone who is working for themselves without employees, because the term freelancer is is little more than a label in itself, and many people call themselves um, self-employed or uh, a contractor. Um, and it's down to the individual. But a freelancer is very much someone who works for themselves. And the advantage of working with a freelancer is that you're not having to go through departments to get to the person who's going to deliver the project. But you're talking to the project manager, the person who's going to deliver the project for you, um, the person who you're, uh, is going to manage your accounts. So you know, often sometimes with a, with a company, uh, you'll build a relationship with an individual and then once you've signed the contract, they go, right, well, I'm going to hand you over to so-and-so who's going to deliver that for you, which, you know, obviously can create its own barriers. Um, I remember uh, we had, um, so when someone joins Freelance Heroes, I always ask two questions, which is what part of the UK are you based, probably for reasons that we've already highlighted, and also what kind of freelance work do you do? Um, and uh, interestingly, someone uh, answered that question in the group by saying, actually, I wouldn't call myself a freelancer as to me, that signifies no ambition to growth. Wow. Yeah, well, exactly. Um, and, uh, well, you can imagine uh, the furore that that caused. Not uh, when I then quoted without uh, mentioning the name of the person in the group of this feedback, because, uh, again, you know, many people going, this is, this is madness, and this is hugely misunderstanding of what the term freelancer means. Now, many people choose to go freelance because it fits around their, their life. And brings a you know where their skill set is to this point of actually I now want to be in charge of the decisions that my business makes, um, and even the terms growth is um, is in itself uh, I think debatable because yeah fine you can uh, you can have this uh, idea that you do, you know you're you're reaching a point where you think actually I want more of this I just want to do more of this but you have to continue to develop and grow to ensure you sustain that level where you are. So growth is is. Um, uh, is in itself a, a big, a big step for all. And I think that they are the idea that freelancers have, lack ambition is hugely disingenuous, even for those that don't want to go beyond being a freelancer themselves. Um, so yeah, I think uh, so that way the the easy definition for what is a freelancer is um, that someone who wants to work for themselves. Um, and we have such a rich vein of freelancers in this country. Um, if you include the gig economy, the data is about two, 4.8 million. It's unknown what the exact uh, number is when you take away delivery riders and Uber drivers, but it's expected to be somewhere around the two, two and a half million figure. So, sorry, Ed. So 4.8 million in total freelancers or self-employed people in the UK yeah. is a huge number, isn't it? So then you're saying 2.8 two to 2.6 are those in the gig economy yeah. so deliveroo uber drivers etc so that's a huge community of people and i wanted to ask you what's been kind of driving that change because from my background is is the marketing agency landscape and i remember even in my early roles we had freelancers that are pr freelancers working for us and serving clients which was great and it seemed to be quite the norm in that space but then i kind of 
I kind of noticed a real change. I would say around sort of 2008, 2009, after the credit crunch, the financial crisis, suddenly lots of agencies were downsizing and lots more people had the ability to move freelance and to go out on their own. And that population seemed to explode a bit there, population of freelancers. And it's never really looked back from there. Is that is that a kind of a similar trend or pattern that you've seen or, or, or are there different drivers for what's seen this growth? But perhaps, of course, mentioning tech there as you as you brought in Uber. Uh, and delivery. So the, blimey, we asked this question a while ago about what made people go freelancers. Uh, I say we asked the question, we have a, a poll every Monday that kind of looks into the insights into the freelance economy. And I think the one that comes up is frequently time and time again is because I, I wanted to do this for myself. I was sick of making decisions for other people. I realized that job security isn't what it once was. So I could earn more money with the same level of security or be it having to tap into skills that I haven't used before and be my own boss. And that seems to be the driver amongst all others, on top of that redundancy, not going back to work after maternity, and being able to actually uh, diversify from their existing skill set, which the limitations of employment have prevented. And I think there is an encouragement from an agency perspective to work with freelancers too, because you know work is often project-based and therefore taking on an employee for a project that you know is going to last no matter how long that period may be but are unsure that that project is then going to be replaced by another project that requires the same skill set therefore remove some of the risk by taking on a freelancer albeit more expensive but if you take into account the national insurance and pensions etc um it isn't always the case so uh, yeah i think the driver is very much about being in control of their own destiny and i think because of the downsizing for many companies, we're seeing that freelancer figure grow at an, you know, a rate that we've not seen previously. Um, you know, Even if we're going to, as we often look um, to our transatlantic neighbours or cousins, when we see what their uh, freelance footprint is like because we anticipate that we would follow suit, uh, theirs is continuing to grow and uh, there's even now you know, unfounded ideas that freelancers will will represent about half the workforce in the country which is an extraordinary uh, claim to make but um, you know we're certainly heading in the, in, a, in an area of growth for the freelancers what what an extraordinary prediction really i hope that uh, i guess employment law or rights uh, keep pace with that change i think that's one area that's probably uh, not been the case so much over here yeah there's not a huge amount of optimism for that bit i think <laughs> I imagine. I imagine not. Okay, so I think it's pretty clear that there's a there's an army of talent in the UK or, or overseas that are operating as freelancers. So as an agency owner or perhaps even an in-house marketeer, what do I need to do when I'm thinking about hiring a freelancer to make sure that I get the best out of that engagement, that relationship? How should that work? So we all work in, in different ways and we all have different styles of working. A freelancer wants um, two things, to for their skill set to be respected um, and to have a clear brief of, of what you want from that freelancer, but to obviously respect their skill set and their input as well. And secondly, to be paid on time. Um, and I laugh when I say that because it's not funny, um, but... Um, quite frankly, if I was to ask what's the most thing you want from, from an agency or from uh, a client, that will be, wouldn't surprise me if that alone would be number one, because that's one of the biggest scourges of freelancers is 
is not being paid on time. So that has to be a trend. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I was going to ask you, you know, what the biggest gripes are of freelancers, but I think you've just answered that right there in terms of being paid on time. And I think that it, certainly here in the UK, there's, it's a really hit and miss as to whether you can expect to be paid quickly or 90 days or 100 days or whatever that looks like later. And as a freelancer, that's a real problem. You know, if you're a, if you're an agency and you've got reserves and you've got, you know, investors, backers, whatever that looks like, you can probably manage that. But as a freelancer, if you've got a client that's not paying you for a sustained amount of time, that's a real issue, isn't it? And the genuine and, and people often, I think, from outside, I hear going, no, it must be terrible. Maybe not understand quite how terrible it is. It's not uncommon for a freelancer to air their grievances to say, I've got council tax coming out this week at the same time as I've got utility bills coming out. Because of late playing clients, I can't do that. I can't meet that responsibility. And that's just huge. We wouldn't accept that in any other environment. We wouldn't accept it in the employment. Do you know what? I'm not, I know you normally get paid on the last Friday of the month, but we're just gonna, we're just gonna delay it a couple of weeks and then do that frequently. It, it, you know, it wouldn't be accepted. So it shouldn't be accepted in the um, in the freelance world uh, as well. And I'd like to see legislation used more to support that, but I think we're a little preoccupied at the moment. <laughs> there are other things on the political agenda, let's put it that way. But the other thing, of course, that the other scourge of freelancers, to address your point, is that um, the, the, um, the, this uncommon, sorry, this quite common idea of that, Often they get asked by clients to, you know, for twice the quality of the output for half the cost than they initially quoted for, which, again, is uh, is not uncommon. And, yeah, sure, we always often try and, and, and save a few pounds here or there. But freelancers aren't, uh, you know, are building on the many years of experience that you find within agencies. It's just they're freelancers rather than in agencies. Mm-hmm. So uh, there was a brilliant uh, post that someone shared which was, I must admit, I looked at it with a bit of, is this fake news? But no, it was um, um, that said, if uh, if you're ever asked by, if you're ever told by a client that you're too expensive, show them this. And it was a link to a page in the Tiffany website where they're selling paperclips for like $100. For a paperclip? And you think if they can get away with that, then you can get away with charging for whatever you think you're worth. <laughs> well i think there is that common misconception that going down the freelance route should be or is actually cheaper than hiring an agency and that's not necessarily always the case you know regardless I mean, of it is someone... if you go to fiverr but you know expect <laughs> yeah. what you're going to get from that yeah exactly i mean you get what you pay for exactly the, it's the same in uh paper clips as it is within freelancers if you pay 100 pounds for a paper clip, you might get one that's made out of gold um but you know if you're paying peanuts on fiverr or people per hour you know, don't expect to get the service you would want from an agency in the UK. No, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that freelancers, you know, deserve the, or have, have the right to set their pricing based on their abilities and their skills and their experiences. So if you want someone that's going to deliver a great job, then make sure you choose your freelancer accordingly based on what they can deliver and evidence of the, what they've delivered as opposed to their price tag. Interestingly, Whenever I look at freelancers' price points, I think more often than not that freelancers aren't charging enough. And I accept that that's down to confidence because freelancers who are incredibly skilled, designers, developers, writers, are often not very good at selling themselves. And that's fine. We all have our strengths and weaknesses. But when you do look into it and you see someone charging 
twenty pounds an hour. It, I just that's not a sustainable amount of money, unless this is a hobby. This isn't a sustainable amount of money to uh, to invoice for. And if you're going to provide a service and deliver a pain point, then you should be charging a lot more. Mm, yeah, this idea that freelancers can be cheaper is fine to a point, but it, you know they ultimately we always say don't look at the price always look at what you're trying to get and then work out for yourself whether that solution is best delivered by an agency or by a freelancer okay so what else can agencies or marketeers do to make sure that they get the most out of their freelancers i think always but this actually doesn't the answer to this question doesn't come directly from uh, freelancers or agencies but both but it's the level of communication and understanding how the other party communicates best we because we uh, again this certainly during the initial parts of a relationship where trust is being built between the two parties truly understanding what you want to to get out of that freelancer giving them the trust that they're going to use their skill set to deliver the project and the brief that you've provided without micromanaging them and taking up their time by phoning them (laughs) every hour how's the last hour been for you which uh, uh, will obviously infuriate anyone has to be but at the same time you know you're delivering on a project for a client so you have to have trust that you're going to do that you have to remove all your fears so understanding a communication strategy at the beginning and just asking the question how how do you want to be communicated during this project what's going to work well for you and what do you want from me as the client to do or to back off from and just having that conversation will put both parties' minds at rest and be able to deliver on what um, is being paid for without having to worry about, oh, they're just taking up, because clients' time, and it happens a lot where freelancers will complain about the fact that clients can be quite time-dominating because they're constantly, oh, can you do this as well? Or, or can you, actually, I don't need that. Oh, and there's another thought I had. What do you think of this? And it's like, well, do you want me to move into your house so that we can talk more frequently because uh, it's just happening too much at the moment because freelancers do work on numerous projects at once um, and they have to manage their time to make sure that you're getting exactly what you paid for if not more but then so is everyone else and that can only really work if we all know how best we're going to communicate that's exactly the same as in an agency environment where you take on a new client is making sure that i guess you'd call it an onboarding phase that you establish what those ground rules are for communication yeah. for service delivery for how each of you likes to work and I, I guess it's as a freelancer having the courage to say to your new client this is what I'm going to deliver and when and this is how we can communicate and really establishing those ground rules at the start and I think sometimes when you take on a new client you get a little bit overexcited and you just want to get straight into to delivering the service because you know for example if you're a copywriter and you love writing you get a brief there's the temptation to get straight into writing the first piece the first bit of output Um, but it sounds like what you're suggesting there is much with an agency environment is take a step back and just establish those ground rules and that will give you a footing for a healthy relationship absolutely and i stress this comes from both sides as well many freelancers get it wrong they have a mindset of how they want to work and don't think about the fact that the agency has recruited you to deliver on a project that they need to to deliver on for their clients so it this does work both ways um but i think um someone has to start the conversation so my my suggestion would be if you're working with a freelancer and they haven't asked that question then you should yes okay and, and i think that most established freelancers 
tend to be pretty good at that because if you've been in a freelancer for a while, you're, you're very confident in your own abilities, or you are anyway if you're a freelancer, or you at least you should be, otherwise you're going to find it difficult. Because if you don't believe in yourself, nobody else will. So you're quite confident in yourself, I think, but having those early conversations around communication then sounds key. Okay, so there's the first two things. One is make sure you pay them on time. Second thing is make sure you establish those communication ground rules at the start. What else is really key for making sure you get the most out of a freelancer? Uh, communicate is related to uh, was communication again because uh, often you'll look for examples or look for a client to pitch for a particular project that you're working on at the moment. And freelancers uh, are very passionate about delivering the pitch as much as they are about the work themselves. If they're not successful in the pitch, then communicating to them why they're unsuccessful so they can learn from that and take that forward to the next pitch. It doesn't mean that you have to take half a day out of your own time because as far as you're concerned, you want to move on. But being able to add value to say, actually, the reason that we've not used you is because of this. It can often be a tough conversation, but it's hugely beneficial for a freelancer then to be able to go to their next project um, and pitch more successfully because the biggest challenge for freelancers, as we established, was actually finding new customers. That's one of which new customers to build relationships from from scratch and two, to convert those into um, into to paid work and, and paid projects. So um, helping freelancers understand why they've been unsuccessful would be a lot more valuable than you may perceive it to be. Um, so I, I'd really urge that conversation to take place. Do you know that that's really interesting? And again, referring back to my experience in the agency world is if we were unsuccessful in securing a pitch or a new piece of work, we would almost certainly want to understand why. And we would ask that question to our prospective client, you know, why didn't we win this piece of work and expect some pretty robust feedback that we can use to take forward into the next pitch. So uh, it seems to me extremely reasonable that a freelancer should expect the same. No, and to be fair, most freelancers don't ask the question. Um, but it's not uncommon for those who do to not get a response. Uh, yes. Because the um, the client's moved on uh, to to actually working on that project. So Yeah, absolutely. Again, if you're not asked the question, then being able to and again it just helps because it, it you know, it's it's all about you don't know what relationship's gonna potentially come further down the line and if you really need that freelancer again and you know their skill they've got the skill set then they're going to pitch more effectively to you so that you can deliver on the client work uh, as well. So, you know, it's uh, it, in the long term, it benefits all around. So if a freelancer doesn't ask, then I would always suggest, please volunteer that information. Absolutely. And and if you're a freelancer listening to this, make sure that you are asking the question, you know, why didn't I get selected for this piece of work? Because it is pretty important for you to understand if you want to evolve and you want to keep growing your freelance business to understand, you know, why you're not winning projects so you can improve that pitch on the next time around. But I think the other thing there that's really important that's related to that is that as we've talked about, there is a there are a huge number of freelancers. And you know, if you want to make sure that you are keeping ahead of the rest of them, I suppose, and competing, you've got to make sure that you are working on your ability to to pitch and your ability to market yourself because it is a crowded marketplace. So it's important that you you improve your ability to win new business. So this goes back to why Freelance Heroes was even created in the first place. I was party to a conversation between two photographers in the same town same city 
uh, one of which was established by about three or four years. The other one um, had only just launched their business. And the new freelancers or the new photographer was just asking, you know, to the established one, I'm really, what's what's worked well for you? Is there any tips you can give me to help me kind of get my feet off the ground? Well, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to give you any secrets uh, to uh, success and and lose clients to you. So <laughs> I think if I, uh, you know, you'll do what I did and just um, just spread the word of what you're doing. And I thought that that was incredibly single-minded. I um, because one, if you think you're going to lose clients that easily, then there's a lack of confidence in your own business. But that's a different topic. But then I thought, well, if that new photographer could ask a question of someone who is in a city a hundred or four hundred miles away without fear of that photographer therefore using the same excuse for not offering that level of support, then that could be quite powerful. And Freelance Heroes started literally later on that same day. Amazing. Okay. And, and, um, and you know, there are uh, many freelancers who are incredibly skillful at what they do. They write poetically um, about specialist topics, topics or more generally. Their design skills are beyond my imagination. Um, uh, you know, they, they they work incredibly well. And they're brilliant to work with. I, I had a recently a logo design, and um, the uh, designer wanted to meet for a coffee to show me the logos individually, the, the um, concepts that he'd created. You know, attached to car A three size cards and showed them one by one and talked through them. And I thought this is the level of service that the internet age doesn't normally encourage for someone who is just asking for a logo to be done. And I thought. You know, that level of service is great. There are incredibly skilled freelancers out there. Um, they're just not very confident that some of the other uh, areas of running a business. They're not very confident potentially at um, converting or closing a sale. They're not often very confident at invoicing and chasing for late payments. So I think some sort of understanding about the world in which they live will help benefit everyone. I think that makes sense. And I, and I think that there are skills when you move out of employment into being a freelancer or a self-employed person. There are skills you obviously already have, which is the ability to, to provide a service, whether it's copywriting, graphic design or web dev or whatever that skill looks like. But what you don't have is the ability to run a business. And as a freelancer, you are a business person and you do have to take care of all of the the housekeeping, as it were, you know, the accounts, the year end, the bookkeeping, uh, you have to build your own website and all that stuff that would normally be done by somebody else in a, a larger company or agency environment. So one of the things I wanted to talk to you about as well, Ed, is I've been here where you start out as a freelancer and suddenly you think, you know what, I can do this. I can run an agency and you you expand and you grow and you start taking people on. You kind of move to that next level of employment or running a business do you see that as a trend do you think there are people that are freelancers that are increasingly inspiring to to start growing companies or do you think that that most are content with self-employment without hiring people but just obviously delivering a great service so um for fear of repeating myself i'm gonna start this by saying we ran a poll on this um recently (laughs) um and i must admit i was very surprised so we had a very big response to this and the overwhelming um, uh, favourite out of the seven or eight responses um, was to enjoy life without working for someone else and to remain a freelancer. Um, more than 50% of those who took part answered that. And actually, only 5% said that their ultimate goal, their end game, was to actually start and grow an agency themselves which I was incredibly surprised at. I thought that figure 
wouldn't be the majority, but I thought it would be a lot higher than, than 5%. And maybe that's because that's why they're feeling at the moment. And in a year or two years or five years' time, so they might feel differently. And if we were to ask the exact same people, then maybe that 5% will have grown um, to there. But no, it would appear that the vast majority are happy and have no desires to be anything other than the freelancer they currently are. Sure, they want to be more financially comfortable, but they also want to be able to work how and when and with whom they choose. But freelancing at the moment still seems to be more more preferable as an option to potentially starting and growing an agency. That's not to say that on another side that you'll get freelancers coming together and forming a collaborative. But again, you know, that would still be classed as independent. Yes, I think it would be classed as independent. And it's five percent does seem very low. You know, five percent out of six thousand freelancers have that uh, ambition to form a company. It just goes to show that that freelance lifestyle, I suppose, is delivering what people are looking for. So it wasn't forced on them out of necessity. It's something they've chosen to do and, and it's working for them in terms of their lifestyle. The majority of people who are freelancers are doing this for a choice. They could have continued to go back into, all right, fair enough, freelancing isn't for everyone. And they could have gone into searching for full-time employment again. Um, but this has been a choice. And freelancing, it's not about a work-life balance as such. It's about blending that work-life environment because um, you're, um, you're, you're being able to do something that you really enjoy doing in the hours you want while fitting it around all the other things that you enjoy doing in your life, whether that's around a hobby, whether that's around raising children, whatever else that may particularly be. And I think the reason why the majority of freelancers want to remain the same is because, as you said, it is a choice. And actually starting and growing an agency could potentially be, short of not having a client, the biggest threat to that choice because suddenly you're having to consider many more things. You're now an employer. You're now responsible for their income as you are yours and you're not going to fit it around your life in the same way that you would as a freelancer itself. Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that freelancing is easy, um, but um, you know, neither is growing an agency. Um, but I think that to me is probably why there's a significant gap between those who want to remain as a freelancer and those who want to, to grow an agency themselves. I think that they they both have their own set of challenges, some of which are common between the two. In other words, the or for example, the need to always find new clients, new business, and you know communicate and work well with those clients is a challenge whether you're an agency or whether you're a freelancer. But as you say, that those people that are choosing to to stay freelance and not grow an agency are doing so for uh, lifestyle reasons and, and reasons that suit what they're looking to do, which makes perfect sense. So, so Ed, you've got a, an event coming up. I think it's called Freelance Heroes. Is that right? It is Freelance Heroes Day. So we had uh, Freelance Heroes on the first birthday. So it started on May the 16th, um, Freelance Heroes 2016. In 2017, we had a social media event to celebrate Freelance Heroes' birthday, and we called it Freelance Heroes Day. And, you know, the group was really busy. We were trending on Twitter. We even got above uh, the hashtag Labour labor manifesto which was launched on the same day as well so uh, we were making some noise there um so we decided a year later that we were going to have a, um, a get together a physical to, to bring many of the people together in the middle of the country um so in wolverhampton we um we brought freelance heroes together for a day of learning uh, and people we asked the group what do you want to learn about what do you want people to talk about and when we'll find the speakers um, for it, which we did, uh, we had uh, over 50 
uh, delegates turn up. It was great. So we thought, oh, we're going to do this again. So we're running it again this year on May the 16th in Wolverhampton on Freelance Heroes Day. Uh, we've got over 80 people so far coming to this one now with uh, still six weeks to go. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be an amazing event. I'm really looking forward to it. I love meeting the people who I feel like I know anyway because I've been chatting to them through the group for the last how many months or years, but I've physically never met them. Um, or even spoken to them over the phone. So I'm quite excited by that. <laughs> I think that's the beauty of being a freelancer is you can be anywhere delivering or communicating with your community wherever they are on the planet, which is really fascinating. Well, see, now, of course, you, you you highlight one of the other challenges of freelancers. One of the beauties is you can work with anyone anywhere in the world because the internet allows us to, to do this. But freelancers are um, are often successful because of what they're like to work with. And you only really build on that by meeting potential clients face-to-face or over the phone. So even though you've got this whole world to network with, you're more likely to get a faster work from the people in your um, geographical location because you can actually meet them, get to know them, and face-to-face gives you a greater chance of converting that new lead into a, into a client. Um, but of course, obviously, if you're only looking at geographical location, it's a lot smaller number than the billions of people around the world so it's a challenge there for freelancers to do that and networking is very often the reason why people go into freelancing and so they don't have to go out and meet people um either you know because they're just very introverted and they, they don't rely on on the uh, input of others to feel their own self-worth or also as we often see for mental health issues as well that they don't want to go out networking and uh, and given that you can't do that then uh, it, it helps it makes finding new clients more difficult but you're right we do have this whole world to network with but i think it is important to come face to face and for freelancers to build connections with other freelancers as well because the law of reciprocity suggests that if you meet someone you like you'll refer them work and then they'll do something back to you that's exactly right i couldn't agree more with that that there is if you meet people that you think you're going to enjoy a healthy working relationship with then you'll be more than happy to bring those onto projects that you on earth as a freelancer and invariably as a freelancer if you find a piece of work and you're a copywriter it might be tied to some graphic design work or some website development work and if you can introduce your friends and colleagues and fellow freelancers to that project work then all of a sudden you've got a network of people that are bringing client work to the table um, and as you say, the law of reciprocity suggests it'll come back to you in spades if you uh, if you're happy to share that work around. No, and also, who can just imagine if if an environment where you you have a, I don't know a, a children's author meeting a, a web designer, and you you go from uh, what someone writing a book to now this interactive book for children online that wouldn't have happened if only one person had done it. These two skills had to come together to create this project and I, and I love it when freelancers do to come together and explore how they could create something new and exciting that they couldn't have done on their own it's uh it's um you know or, that's where the magic happens in my opinion um so another advantage of networking as well yeah I mean, there are so many advantages of networking. I appreciate it's not always everyone's skill set or cup of tea to get out there and do the networking. But I think if you can get out of your comfort zone and start to meet people, then you you expose yourself to the opportunity for those exciting collaborations that you've just talked about. Or, of course, if you're a freelancer and physical networking is not one for you, then, you know, just saying, just throwing it out there, online networking through the Freelance Heroes group might be the solution. You know, I'm just saying it's just, you know, possibility (laughs) of 
Ed, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. I, I, I knew it would be interesting because the freelance world is fascinating and, and your group I've seen grow and expand and it, it really is a vibrant place if you are a freelancer looking for some peer support. I think it's a great place to go. So if people want to get in touch with you or they want to find out more about Freelance Heroes, the group or the day, what should they do? Uh, so search on Facebook for Freelance Heroes uh, under groups um, or Everything that we do is connected via our website, which is freelanceheroes, freelance-heroes.com. Perfect. Ed, look, thanks a lot. Thanks for joining me on the TechMan podcast. I've enjoyed the conversation. I hope you have too. And I hope that you will let us know how you get on with Freelance Heroes Day this year, which is taking place in May. Is it May? May the 16th in uh, in Grand Central in Wolverhampton, which is this beautiful old converted train station. It's a, it's an outstanding venue, which is why we're back there for a second year this year. Excellent stuff. Uh, and I have enjoyed it. And thank you very much for having me. Good stuff. Thanks, Ed.